welcome to bandadvice.com.tv. Whatever. <laughs> this is the uh, Matt and Mark Astute Observations and Insightful Discussions About Music podcast. How's it going, Matt? Pretty good, man. What's going on? Oh, just another busy day, busy day. Just keeping it real. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least we get another chance. That's a good part that of it. That is true. That is true. This is episode eight. Can't episode eight. Wow. Yeah. Hair brain little idea. Just two guys sitting around talking about all kinds of musical stuffs. Yeah, well, I think it's been pretty, pretty. It's been going pretty well. It seems yeah. like we haven't had a lot of dead air time, where we didn't really know what we were talking about. But no, we don't know what we're talking about. But we didn't have any dead air. Well, we so got to make people think we know. What sure. We're about. Well, it's all perception, right? Exactly. Isn't that what this whole business is about anyway? Just perception. It's smoke and mirrors in the highest degree. <laughs> yeah, we are the greatest showmen in this room. I tell you, <laughs> legends in our minds. In this chair, our... I'm the greatest showman in this chair. <laughs> <laughs> we're legends in our mind, as a, one of our songs that we wrote many years ago goes. <laughs> oh, no, that was. That was a funny. That was a good one. Yep. I like that title. Anyway. That's yeah, what my dad used to call me, so. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, so do you have a record player? Uh, my dad has a record player, but I do not. Okay. When's the last record player you had? Was it? Did you ever have a record player? Yes, I did have a record player. Uh, that would go back to... I still had one when I was in college. In fact, I still have a, a crate of vinyls around here, like Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA on vinyl and stuff okay. like that. And so that was something you had set up at college? Uh, I had it set up at home. I didn't take it to the dorms with me, but okay. it was at home. So and okay. it, it disappeared shortly after, uh, probably after I got a CD player. So Just got rid of it, just didn't like vinyl anymore, or just too Couldn't much trouble? Or? Couldn't find vinyl anymore. That's, that's, that's when the CD took over. I had switched to cassettes because I could never get the record player to not skip in my car. <laughs> so I kind of started buying cassettes instead. Yeah, it's like, and uh, you know, and then when CDs finally came out, and I finally saved up enough money. In fact, I think somebody bought me a CD for a present, and it's like, well, I guess I got to go get a CD player now. Right. Uh, that's that's kind of uh, it's segue. But yeah, I mean, shit, my dad, mom had eight tracks too. Oh, my yeah. dad had reel to reel. Yeah, not not just you know for recording, but you actually bought mm-hmm. an album on reel to reel, and it had the cover and everything like that. He still yeah. has that player at his house too, and there's still some of those those tapes around. Yeah, I mean, those are fun to use, just like to record on uh-huh. like stereo recording. Those, oh, yeah. I did some stuff on those before. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's kind of how uh, Les Paul got his multi tracking going too. Is oh had, yeah, had a couple reel. Well, he had a reel to reel, and then he robbed the the recording head off another one and put it on there, so it would it would play. And then they'd overdub and record all onto the same tape. It was oh, very yeah. destructive in the way it happened because yeah. you know, he couldn't go back and undo, but it's ingenious. I read his biography. It's a fascinating book. I mean, he's, you know, I think he's just as much responsible for the modern technology where it got to as oh, yeah. anybody. You know, mm-hmm. he's known as, oh, he invented the Les Paul guitar. Well, that's only a small fraction right, of what he right. invented. He invented pretty much multi-tracking as we know it and, mm-hmm. you know he was not afraid to take those chances and things were different then where you you know you could do that and so mm-hmm. i always really look up to guys like that because it wasn't just he's a great guitarist but he was a great guitarist mm-hmm. a recording engineer an electronics wizard etc 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 and so guys like that really always get me going but you know it's just something about that record and something about the vinyl the something vinyl. about that wax yeah something about taking it off out of the plastic and you know Putting Album it on there, sleeves. letting that letting the needle hit the groove while you're reading the liner notes. Yep, yep. I think people are getting back to that now, and maybe it's a nostalgia thing. I don't know, but they've sold a lot of records in the last few years. They have, know? yeah, and it's. I don't know if it's tied to the whole hipster movement or or what, but it uh, it's 
it's remarkable. It really is. Now, my ears are not good enough anymore to tell the difference. To me, the the crackles and pops make the sound degrading to me. It means it's not as high quality. But some people say that the sound, even with the crackles and pops, sounds better, sounds warmer than anything digital. Yeah, well, here's the thing I've learned. Okay, so I got a few friends that have high-quality, hi-fi stuff. Mm-hmm. And when I say high-quality, hi-fi stuff, I mean, let me just tell you. I don't think that on just sheer playing devices, my whole musical life, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've spent more than $500 my entire life. So, you know, every record player I've got or had or tape play, I just it's used secondhand, nothing spectacular, none of it. Right. Well, you know, my friend here has got this turntable the stylus is nine hundred dollars holy cow okay then the, the you want to explain to the public what a stylus the is? stylus is what they call it's the needle that <laughs> reads the information off of the the lp record the lp record is just a ball of plastic first and then they have this test pressing that presses down into that uh, vinyl and then this stylus replicates those Mm-hmm. information from those grooves if you look at one under a microscope it's really fascinating because the grooves of it that tells you what's in on there yeah. and so that's the stylus takes that and transfers it out little me. ripples in the grooves that actually shake and transfer the uh the noise right up into the stylus and out to the speaker you know so. and like you see those dj records they're like 12 inch singles right i always wondered why would you waste a 12 inch v- single why would you waste a 12 inch record on a, one song on one side? Well, here's why. Cause you can put an insane amount of bass right. on one side of a 12 inch record. You know, let's say right, a six or get, seven minute long, eight uh, dance music remix, bigger grooves, Yeah, bigger grooves, bigger sound. And so 12 inch singles are really desirable for DJs, club DJs, etc. You know? And so uh, your average record, I mean, is not, not going to be, you know, uh, 45 minutes on one side it's going to be like 15 minutes on <laughs> right, one side right. and you know by putting just one song on one side of the record you get a lot more fidelity out of it mm-hmm. so that's um pretty cool i think you know the speakers you know i've never had a good pair of speakers this guy's got you know tens of thousands of dollars tied up in this system mm-hmm. and you know i'm always skeptical i'm like you know i know how it is like with say acoustic guitars okay a 200 dollar acoustic guitar how much better does that sound than a $1,200 acoustic guitar? Does it sound 10 times better than that? I don't think it does normally. No. Okay, and so I've always been skeptical of, you know, a $30,000 stereo system. And I thought, okay, let's try, let's try this out. Well, he's got this uh, version of Led Zeppelin II that initially was mastered too hot for commercial players, they mm. felt like. And so only a few hundred of them got out, and it's really a collectible so he's got a version of this, and I went over there and listened to it on the system the first time I ever heard of the system, and it was just like, seriously, you're sitting in the room with the band playing. It was wow. It was just crystal. You can hear stuff you can't hear, you know, uh, on your phone, <laughs> you know, on MP3s, sure. whatever yeah. it is. It's definitely not for everybody. It's kind of a music nerd type thing. Mm-hmm. But being a music nerd, I love it. You know, nice. I, I go, I find a record player somewhere, and it says "Made in USA" on it. If it's working, I'll probably try to get it for as little as I can. You and, you know, that becomes my record player for a while. And so uh, I went through cassettes. I, you know, I got hundreds, thousands of cassettes, CDs, everything else. You know, does it all sound one better than the other? Um, 
I, I know I can point certain albums that sound better on vinyl than they mm-hmm. do on CD or cassette. You know, The Hair of the Dog by Nazareth. Go listen to that on vinyl. Go listen to it on CD. Okay. And, I mean, Hair of the Dog, the bass on that, on vinyl, is just, I don't know what it is. I know those first, you know, some of the first CDs they put out weren't mastered very well, you know. Right, right. And there's a difference between mastering for vinyl as opposed to mastering for CD. But, I mean, that Hair of the Dog, the bass on there just sounds Mm -hmm. tremendous on a vinyl record. And so, you know, it's convenience, it's technology, it's all these things that come into play. But, you know, some of those records I really love, I've had them in four or five formats, Mm -hmm. you know. and That's true. You know, you just kind of like become a fan of the album. Mm -hmm. And then, you know... uh, you buy it on cassette, you buy it on LP, you buy it on 8-track, you know, and just it becomes <laughs> woven into the tapestry of your life, you know? Yeah. And the delivery system now is a little different depending on what age group you're in. But, I mean, there's the vinyl thing has gone across all all categories. You know, the younger kids are into it. The older kids are into it. You know, I love it when these bands, they come on at, you know, 9 in the morning and they say, There'll be 250 copies of our, um, you know, five-year-old album on uh, our Bandcamp site, and they're all going to be, you know, orange swirl vinyl with oh, wow. a, you know, a gold foil uh, jacket or right, some right. some cool limited edition thing. I love that. And of mm-hmm. course, you know, they're always sold out in five minutes. But I love trying to get you know my hands on stuff like that, and you know, if you can. Get lucky, and you know, you can get some really cool stuff. And so it's, you know, for the cult fan of the band, it's really neat, you know. I mean, like The Sword has this album called Apocryphon. And Apocryphon is like, it's just not in print at all. You can't buy it new on CD. You can't buy it on LP. You can't, you know, they put that out on like orange vinyl. There was like 500 of them. (laughs) They were gone within three hours, you know, and so. Of course, you see these people on social media. They're like, well, this is my 15th variant of Apocryphon. This guy's got 15 different versions of it, you know? And that's co- it makes it collectible. It makes sure, it kind of fun, sure. you know? And uh, the cassette thing is, you know, it just wasn't very durable. It was a lot of hiss, yeah, a, lot of, yeah. a lot of dirt, you know? And just it's fast forwarding, all that's really tough. Uh, eight tracks was even worse, you know. <laughs> I got several hundred of those too. And man, well, because eight just... tracks would sometimes click over, because the way an eight track would work is that again, like a cassette tape has four tracks across here. You have left and right on one side and left and right on the other side. Eight track has double that, but what would happen is it would reverse and go back the other direction. Sometimes right in the middle of a song if they didn't master it properly. Yeah. So you're like that was just dumb <laughs> well i just i didn't like it because you had to wait till it went all the way around to listen to the song you know it didn't make learning from recordings very easy oh that's true yeah because there know, wasn't a whole lot of rewinding going on right because if you want to learn track four on side a okay any eight track player i ever had just had like an advanced button to go to program one two three four right. and so you had to wait for it to spin around again and there wasn't any real fast forward so mm-hmm. that kind of sucked plus they those weren't very durable either you know nah. oklahoma summer in the back of a hot car <laughs> and you can pretty much figure you know you're gonna have to replace all your ted nugent fog hat collection <laughs> as i was going through uh this this box of cassette tapes as i was looking for a long lost one and uh Came across, uh, I think it was a Bon Jovi cassette that I had, 
And there was obviously I had dropped a cigarette on the floorboard of my car and it landed on top of that because there was a big old melted spot right there in the <laughs> middle of the plastic. <laughs> and then the rest of it had just gotten beaten and faded from the Oklahoma sun. Yeah. I can't count the number of times somebody said, well, I got to get a new copy of this because I left it on my dashboard. It's like, don't ever leave anything on a dashboard in the car. No, in Oklahoma. no. Oklahoma lighters, will, lighters will blow up. It's hilarious. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've gotten I've got a lot of melted records that came wall ornaments because they got yeah. left in the in yeah. the car. Yeah. They 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 warp really easily. And it's really amazing how quick they can happen because like you know some of these days you're just really hot and I'm out running around grab a stack here a stack there and you know you get home and it's like okay everybody looks good you know I kept them under the seat in the back under a blanket and whatever and then you know it just seems weird like you know all of a sudden you can just with short trip somewhere and you look in there and this thing's melted already yeah it's like, i don't yeah. know what happened you know it's like i guess it has to do with the vinyl composition and how stable it is and all that scientific nerd, well, nerd well, stuff, just the, you know? the nature of how you press a record too you got you got the two plates you've got the etchings in it and they mm-hmm. have this ball of wax and just squishes it in there yeah and it's it heats it up and there's just going to be a certain melting point for this you don't want it to to boil so it's yeah just the way it has to be done yeah it's a real low melting point i guess in a lot of it you know the thicker records you know are better quality they stand up a little bit the old 78 yeah because that was actually a different material but it's super fragile too Mm -hmm. yeah it's real brittle and it just break like a like a plate Mm -hmm. so when they when they went to the actual what we call vinyl i'm not exactly sure what the i think it's polyvinyl chloride something like that yeah when they went to that and uh especially when they you know, moved up to the LP part of it because they were they started off as just forty fives, singles, A side, B side, and then the record companies realized if we had a bigger version of this, we could pack in ten songs instead of two, more, and we could sell the more, song for more, ten times the amount, more, 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 and we didn't even have to worry about making them all good songs. We could just. <laughs> The same single that we would have put on there, we'll just add eight more tunes to it and make ten dollars. Yeah, yeah. But well, just a side side thing. I love the artwork too, you know, because you can actually see it, right? Oh, sure. I mean, a CD or you know, just a little deal online, you can't really see it too good. Oh man, there was a whole group of people that were were record record jacket designers and record jacket artists yeah and it was a whole art form mm-hmm. uh, in fact phil hartman the comedian he started as that that was no his, his 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 uh he started off as a record jacket artist so not only did you have the the outside then you had the back which usually would tell you what your songs were see so a lot of times that artwork would wrap around but then you'd have the inside sleeve yeah which he was and that was usually just printed black and white and all that but you get some pretty creative looking sleeves in there and when they started uh Printing lyrics. I they loved use, it. They use the sleeve a lot for that. So. I mean, I learned a lot about music by reading liner notes. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sorry. It's easy to put something on your phone, but you're not going to get that education. Right. You're not well, that was the whole thing is that you you, you get home with your, your record, you put it on the player, you lay down in your bed, and you read the liner notes while you're listening to the stuff. That's how you listen to music when yeah. you bought a new record. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, good old days. Nowadays, you just put it on your iPod while you're while – you're, going to the gym or something like that and you may hear half the song but that goes back to what we talked about a couple weeks ago too is like people don't really listen to music anymore and that's no it's a social accessory you know it's it's something that i i myself am guilty of and i'm trying to carve out time now to where maybe i won't turn the tv on i'll just go lay down in bed and, and put on some new music and just listen and 
and hope that the dogs and the kids leave me alone long enough to get through the first song. <laughs> right. Yeah, man. I mean, it's kind of like a social accessory to a lot sure. of people, you know? And I mean, I got to understand that not every, music is not everybody's life. I can't imagine it, but <laughs> that's true. It makes no sense to me. It know? makes no sense whatsoever. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> I understand people are busy and there's a lot going on. There's, you know, like I said, we're being entertained to death, basically. Right. Yeah. And I understand that it's hard to get people's attention and, you know, the CD, the MP3, the cassette tape, the eight track, all these different formats, you know, kind of serve their purpose and time. And it is kind of fun, you know, it's sure. kind of fun to take a a ride in a model a with a rumble seat it's That's fun to point. take a ride in a yeah. 65 mustang with the top down right it's gonna mess up your hair it's gonna shake your kidneys but yeah you know you're gonna hear some crackles and pops on vinyl it's, yeah. it's really I, I see what you're saying there and it's, you know the, the the other thing about being kind of a low budget record collector as i am is you know what i realized about my friend's big highfalutin system well that pretty much means that you know, you got to buy some pretty well mint condition stuff where right, that, yeah. that big, that stylus that's really, really good is going to just magnify everything that's really, really mm -hmm. bad about every record that I <laughs> find at some sale for 25 cents, yeah. you know. Got to match the, the gear to the, the yeah. material, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that sealed Zeppelin copy, he got that sealed. Oh, wow. I mean, sealed from 1970, 69. And, uh, you know, the other stuff doesn't sound as good on mm -hmm. that system because it's dirty, it's scratched, it's got whatever. But, you know, I've got a pretty meager setup and system, and it's like, well, that stuff sounds okay, you know? And mm -hmm. you can explore and ex uh, expose yourself to a lot more music that's tangible. Right, right. You know, that's what the hard thing about is, like, people our age and older, they don't understand the tangibility is gone away. Mm -hmm. You're not holding this in your hand anymore. Right, right. This, I mean, you I mean, can hold this in your hand. Yeah. You know, that was the experience. And not everybody really wants that experience, you know? Yeah. And that's I can't understand that either, but whatever. Yeah, it's a different generation. If it's, you know, if you, if you never had a hold a phone that actually had a, a wire connecting it to the yeah. wall you know you, you never you don't know what that's like. like there's a video going around on, on youtube this week about some kids that they were trying to operate a rotary phone and they couldn't figure <laughs> and you know, it's just comical for for the rest of us yeah you know and you know our generation we knew what the purpose of a, a pencil was with a cassette tape Right. There's only one use for it, not to write on the cassette tape, just mm -mm. to rewind it or roll it back up when that tape got pulled out. Yeah. You know, what was the purpose of a quarter on a turntable? Hold that stylus down so if you happen to have a skip, it'll cut that groove back yeah. in there. So yeah. you, you put a nickel or a quarter on top of that and then hopefully you'll recut it because things happen, you know, you, you bump into it and all of a sudden you got a little scratch and every time you get to a certain part of the song, it'll jump forward to the next chorus. And yeah. <laughs> oh, and one thing I've noticed too is like certain bands... You find the records secondhand, the LPs, and mm -hmm. they're just always thrashed. Yeah. I don't know. I don't care what it is, but every Ted Nugent record you can buy secondhand for 25 cents has got some issue in it somewhere. Well, let's There's think about who the, who the customer base was. It was going to be the the 15 or 16-year-old kid that was uh, in his room <clears throat> partaking in some herbal life and... Uh, <laughs> You know, Maybe tripping, even drinking lots of beer when possibly, you went to a party, and, yeah, and tripping on a guitar laying on the floor, and mm -hmm. you know, painted the walls black. So, yeah, the environment that that uh, that uh, vinyl was introduced to is. <laughs> I mean, I, I probably got four or five copies of Free for All, and I mean, every one of them's got something wrong with it. You know, Meatloaf sang most of the songs. I do, I do know Meatloaf was on that. <laughs> yeah, sure was a big album for both of them. Sure was. Yep. Yeah, good times, man.
Yeah, definitely. Uh, I definitely knew that the the trend in vinyl was not just a flash in the pan when I walked into the Guitar Center. I guess about a year ago. And they redesigned everything, and the big counter where they had all the cables and stuff like that was now nothing but LPs. Yeah. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, LP means long-playing record. So <laughs> record is the actual, the vinyl is with the record. So if you went to cut a record, you were actually cutting the vinyl at the time. An album is one that's multiple tracks. An LP album is, is long-playing albums, whereas an EP would be an extended play, which is usually three or four songs, whereas a single would be two songs, an A-side and a B-side. So. And sometimes they do 10 inches, too. Yeah. Like, I like that because, you know, it's two or three songs on each side. Right. That would kind of be fall into the EP aspect yeah. of it, yeah. of the classification. And a lot of times, like, it'll be like a limited edition. Right, You know, right. record store day only, you know, about, mm-hmm. like, some Blackberry Smoke deal sure. like that. Well, G&R Lies was an EP. It yeah. was only four tunes, so. Well, I think? I think it turned out to be about eight, but the, initially it was just four songs, I think. It was like the Live Like a Suicide first, and then they put it out as G&R Lies. Oh, because they had... Patience used to love her, yeah. um, and I think that was all the newer stuff. The other stuff, like Move to the City and all that, was off the live like a suicide, okay. if I remember right. I have it in one of these things here. We can pull it out if we really wanted to get into that debate. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> that. It was the EP that was like, you know, live like a suicide, and then they had that other side was four more songs and Patience and One in a Million, and those other ones were new songs. You're crazy. Remember, you're crazy like acoustic or whatever. Here's GNR Lies. Cassette, by the way. Liner notes, by the way. See, that's just some cool album work. Yeah. I got mine at Starship in like December of 1987 or 8. My old eyes. Oh, you're right. It's eight songs. Okay. I guess I only listened to four of them. Reckless Life. Yeah, that was all the Alive Like a Suicide. Mama Can. Patience, He's Lover. You're Crazy. One of the movies. Oh, that's why, because I only ever listened to Side B. Yeah. Okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah, that movie, The City, off there is really badass, though. Now that I got my tape deck hooked up to my my rig here, I'll have to pull it out and take a listen to it. Awesome. So, Yeah. You love the vinyl. I love it. Don't care for the cassettes. Well, I do, but it's just, I don't understand why bands put out cassettes now. Do they? Who's got a cassette player? Who? Well, I do, but that's just because I'm transferring I mean, I all the stuff to digital. <laughs> I do, but it's not like, you know, my main right. pre- preferred way of getting music. But, I mean, they're, you know, my friend that owns the record store says that they sell lots of cassettes. I'll be darned. And I don't know if it's, you know, these like we were with the 70s. We always loved 70s stuff. And we were a little bit older. It's like these kids now that they love the 80s. And so right, I don't right, know right. if that's it or what. But Trying to get the retro thing going. Maybe. Yeah. You know, I mean, cassettes. Why, why is vinyl coming back and cassettes never left? It's, it's an oddity as well. Yeah. I mean, vinyl is coming back because, you know, number one, the fidelity of it is, is superior. Sure. If you have a decent system, it is superior to a CD or a cassette and it's fun you know it's sure it's kitschy cool it's kitsch, yeah you know and there's always going to be a market for kitschy cool you know mm-hmm. and uh, it's just never went away for me i was always buying records yeah <laughs> my parents were huge audiophiles and the, they got it from my uh my mom's father who was as well and uh, uh 
their house has just got cabinets after cabinets after cabinets full of vinyl originals. Yeah. And this is the old country music, Hank Williams, oh, Kitty man. Wells, all the stuff. So yeah, I've got to get over there one of these days and do a, a good inventory on it and figure out what we're going to do with this stuff because certainly don't want it to to go for twenty five cents in a garage sale. Why not? <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> you can put give it, like give it to a museum or something like that. I, you know that might not be a bad idea. I mean, I've read sure. about a few different people like you know I want to say like Rock and John. I think they were maybe trying to do that with some of his collection. Wow. Okay. You know, and I mean, it was, you know, like 45s in all formats, mm-hmm. you know, and I think they might have given that to some, maybe a museum someplace. Interesting. Really sure. Interesting. But that'd be so awesome. I definitely want to give them, give several of those things a spin though, before I no doubt. unload them. But yeah, if I had the room, I'd definitely keep them. So I have to figure out what we're going to do with that. So. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's yeah. a lot First of world problems. <laughs> a lot of room there. A lot of room. Yeah, definitely. So, but yeah, that's what I grew up on. I mean, the, my... My parents' record player was one of those huge consoles where it's all built in, and you flip this lid up. It kind oh, of yeah. looked like a like a nice piece of furniture, and you flip the lid up. You had the, the record player over here, and I think there's a, a radio on the other side. I wouldn't even say stereo. It was stereo because there's two speakers, but, yeah, you had the record player and then the stereo, and then the speakers were built in. Oh, and, yeah. You know? Combination liquor cabinet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love those. Uh-huh. It was, yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's like we were saying earlier, though. It's like one of those deals, uh, something goes out on it. It's like, oh, now you got to buy the whole thing. Well, back then, I guess you would, you actually could do repairs and people would repair things. Yeah, I think nowadays, like the, you know, they bought, you'd buy those like at a, uh, you know, furniture type store. Mm-hmm. You, could, you could count on your TV repairman to be able to fix it for you. Sure, probably. sure. And, you know, now I've seen them all, you know, they've gutted it out and put it. <laughs> a ten thousand dollar turntable in it or something yeah and it still looks cool and all that but it's like those people take those old whirlers and retro fed them with cd players like oh, why'd you do that yeah right <laughs> just go out and buy a bunch of 45s of songs that you like you know it doesn't have to be the current stuff yeah it takes work sifting through 45s takes a lot of work oh, i can imagine i tend to not really stop and look because it's just too much there's just too much to look at and mm-hmm. You know, a lot of them are thrashed because they're not in the, in the, you know, really, when you get down to the collectability of it, a lot of it is the collectability is in the picture sleeve. Right. The collectability is not so much in the record, it's in the picture sleeve. And some of them have, you know, like the retail picture sleeve versus the DJ picture sleeve, which right, would be right, like a plain yeah. white paper. For promotional wrapper. only, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not for so, sale. So, <laughs> you know, the picture sleeve is where the collectability is. But I don't, I don't really buy them to get rich off of them. I buy them to enjoy them. Yeah. And you know, I feel like it's a, it's kind of represents a different, simpler time, and I enjoy it a lot. Definitely simpler in my life, you know, being kids, you know. Totally, enjoy. man. What do we have to do on Saturday afternoon but sit around listening to records? Right, know? because Saturday morning cartoons are over with. Yeah. So you do listen to music then. So, man, I'm telling you, <laughs> good times, fun so. stuff. Yeah, well, it's gonna be interesting to see what the next generation of audio video media is gonna be. You know, it's gonna. I, I don't know if we'll ever get back to commonality, common use of a tangible product. So I think we're going to be in the digital age, but, you know. I think there's an awful lot of people that their main television and their TV room is probably their entertainment portal. Yeah. And if they can get it on YouTube, Ninja. they can get it on Netflix, they can get it on whatever mm-hmm. their thing is, They that's going to be their entertainment portal. Yeah. Now, the real freaks will go out and buy a record player sure. and set that up and all that stuff. But 
I think your average person is, you know, they're, they got their TV hooked up to the internet and that's pretty much how it goes. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't even think people are going to buy music anymore. I think it's cause I, I'm not sure if this is still true, but I had heard a, an announcement that Apple was going to discontinue iTunes as far as selling music. And it's just going to all be subscribed to the streaming service. Yeah. And I believe wow. Google plays that way too. I think you, you stream it. I've got to, I got to go research some of the stuff because it changes on a daily basis sometimes. Yeah, right. So, so yeah, you can subscribe to, you know, beats one or whatever Apple's calling it now. And, uh, you just listen to whatever song you want, however many times you want, which, yeah, you know, I can, I can kind of see that in certain aspects of it because how many times have we bought a record for just one song and then once the novelty of that song wore off, we do never listen to it again. You know, that's, that was kind of the model that the labels were following back in the eighties and early nineties, yeah. probably even longer than the nineties, but until digital kind of said, Hey, <laughs> Put in a little course correction there about yeah. Well, the quality got, so of music. <laughs> you subscribe, you subscribe, and you can listen to anything over and over and over and over and over. Right. And if you subscribe more, then you might get to download it if you want something like that. Uh, I'm not sure about the download aspect of it, but I do know that. Well, I know Amazon has a has a subscription model as well, and you can download it for offline listening, but you can't transfer it off the device. It's got to be within its app, so you can't even listen to it on. Yeah on any of the other apps and stuff. But. Yeah, see, I, I still I still remember when the world was free, and I like to kind of perpetuate <laughs> that if I can. <laughs> <laughs> so when I stop at a, you know, redneck garage sale and I see a Jerry Reed record for 25 cents, I'm all over it. Oh, man. <laughs> see, now you got me wanting to buy a turntable. I'll have to get one of those, and we'll hook it up here. You can bring some of your records over. Man, we'll... I'm telling you, it's so much fun. Yeah. So Sounds much fun. fun. You listen to some Jerry Reed. That'd be good. Oh, man. I, I, my One of folks the coolest said, ones is Jerry Reed does Jim Croce. sings Jim Croce songs. Really? He did a whole album of that wow. in the like 70s. Awesome. How many albums did Chet Atkins put out? Lots of them. Uh, Lots it was of in the hundreds, them. I Probably heard. in the hundreds, yeah. yeah. I mean, that guy, not, and that's just albums that he put out, not counting all the yeah, ones that he Yeah, just albums guessed. with him as the artist. Yeah. I mean, I probably got 30 LPs at wow. least. And every once in a while, you run into a little beta of them here and there, and I'll grab four or five, you know. Oh, they're 25 cents each. All right, let me have them. Nice. <laughs> you know? nice. So I'll run home with a whole other stack of Chet Atkins records. I got this instructional deal he did, it's the records, you know, an instructional book. You know, and I, I had Glenn Campbell's the same way, man. Mm -hmm. Every time I see a Glenn Campbell album, I grab it. Oh, especially now that he's passed. Here. Well, I mean, just as a general rule of, like, this guy was really a great musician that did a lot of different things different ways, and. You know, there's lots of different releases and lots of different versions. Yet just, everybody knows him as Rhinestone Cowboy, which is kind of a shame because the dude was a, he was a monster on guitar. Yeah. He really was. Oh, yeah. But they, like they all say, you know, the, the money's in the first five frets of the guitar. It's not up in the 12th fret. <laughs> well, know? that's interesting. Yeah. You know, and so I, I just like listening to him because he's always, you know, there's always a familiar tune or two on there. Mm -hmm. Plus he's got these, you know, just songs like, why was this not a hit? I mean, this is a totally could have been a hit. Why yeah. is this not a hit? Yeah. And so that's the thing that keeps me going back to stuff like that is the ease of getting a hold of it, the freedom of listening to it, and just the discovery of it. You know? Yeah. That's what keeps me going on that. Yeah. And so hopefully some of you listeners out there feel the same way. Write in and let us know what you think. Yeah, definitely. So, well, good talk, man. I enjoy that. Yeah, it's, man. Uh, it's always fun hanging nice, out here and talking. Nice trip down memory lane as far as the music stuff and it just 
little story and uh they're actually facebook friends with mine but they were uh friends of my parents and uh they had a, a in milwaukee because it's cold well, every house has a basement and because it's so cold a lot of people build bars in their basements so that they can entertain down there and you know one weekend somebody go over to one house and the other and all so they had some friends that uh they were huge music fans as well and they, he had his basement just lined the walls were just lined in album jackets oh yeah and this is where i got my introduction to to creedence clearwater revival nice and i remember is right after you and i started we got those first gigs we auditioned and then yeah. i drove up to uh milwaukee with my parents and uh i put on the cassette tape that we had made for a little demo tape and we we're doing lodi <laughs> and my dad's like Norby would be seriously proud of you right now because that's <laughs> the kind of music we listen to. That's great. And my dad had a really interesting quote about it because he'd have the music up so loud that you couldn't hear what the person next to you was saying. It probably wasn't that important anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's good, man. But yeah, you know, so that's that. I was drugged from Bluegrass Festival to Bluegrass Festival as a kid. And uh, yeah, my first. Oh, actually, my first official concert when it was at Alpine Valley, Wisconsin. I was probably six years old and saw Lester Flat and Earl Scruggs. Wow! And all I remember is like those are the guys that did Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah, but, right. You know, but still, you know. <laughs> so I was exposed to music very early on. So my roots go go all over the place. So, so yeah, the LP, the, the vinyl, it's, it has a place in my heart too. I don't think it's like ever going away. <laughs> As long as old guys like us keep it going, right? Well, that's right. That's right, man. <laughs> All right. All right, well, appreciate the, the chats, man. And, yeah, uh, this is fun. Yeah. We'll uh, get these out on the internet over the next couple of weeks and uh, look forward to some more episodes of Matt and Mark's astute observations and insightful discussions on music, which this episode definitely was. <laughs> All right. So you guys be safe. Uh, you know, Subscribe to the links and sharing and it's caring. And if there's a Patreon link down in the bottom there, Feel free to click on it. You can throw a couple bucks our way. And uh, until next time, peace. See you.